service desk. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kim. Andrew, you're back. I am. I am. It's Whether I like it or not. <laughs> so you traveled the world. There was no extra planar travel, though, right? You would let me know about uh, that? No, not this time. Okay. Not this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to make a contract with you that if you ever do figure out extra planar travel, you at least tell me, if not take me with you. Uh, it depends on what plane I go into, because some of them you probably don't want to advertise that you're slipping in and out of. Well, I suppose that's true. Hmm. We'll discuss this off off uh, mic. I'll li- I'll leave hints here and there. <laughs> and I'll just be every time you send me a text message, I'll just be like, hmm. <laughs> what is the sky? Sure is a vibrant shade of neon pink today, isn't it? <laughs> oh, good gracious. So you're getting back into the swing of work life. Anything new and exciting there? Well, kind of like right before I left, I uh, changed kind of job roles. Oh, and, oh right. Or Yeah, so like I left my company to go to the company that acquired my company. So I'm still in my <laughs> same company. I'm still... But you're not, but you are? Yeah, it's all different work. So instead of being like all basically 95% remote support, I'm now uh-huh. doing like... 95% building support. Oh, interesting. So do you actually have yeah. to like, run around the building and do stuff as opposed to just being on the phone? Yep, which I, I kind of like. It gets you out. It's uh, a lot harder to... The days go by a lot quicker. That's true. Yeah. You're not just sitting there waiting for the phone to no. ring. Slash yeah. working on your project. Being annoyed that the phone's ringing. <laughs> right, exactly. What about yeah. you? What's been uh, new with you? Um. Well, we had a new new version of our software launch. Ooh. So that was nice. Except it was delayed so much that I think the people who would normally just like jump on and install it right away haven't. So we'll see how long they they take. Um, but like it, they just found some things in beta and they were fixing them before they released it. So they pushed the date back, and which is very good. I appreciate that they are they've done the things and they fixed the things that they found. But yeah. at the same time, it's like oh well, no people don't want to install it because they think it's broken. Like no, it's delayed uh, because yeah. it was broken. Now it's not. And now yeah, now it's fixed. But you uh. know, it just gets in people's heads and they whatever. So there we are. Other than that, though, like I've been. Um, Today, I was starting to look into some SQL-type stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I found out later that it, my boss was really just trying to prove the point that you don't need training. You just need to like go do a Google search and find things. Because people were like, I would like training on SQL, please. And she was like, okay, cool. What do you know about SQL? And they'd be like, well... <laughs> and And she'd just be like... Okay, so if you don't know anything, there's a lot of resources if you just go Google and what whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. Most of the time, especially well, with SQL, because it's so prolific. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have structured training that's been vetted. and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, mean, I see I, where they're coming from, too. It It's a combination. Like, with the role that we are in, we're not going to, like build an SQL database. We're not going to go out and try to figure out how to organize the information. Yeah, we are helping... it'd be more like self-building, self-skills. Yeah, it, yeah, it's more like I'm helping somebody else who has an SQL database and doesn't necessarily comprehend how to do a thing that's going to help our software. Like, yeah. our software connects to it, but ultimately, 
my my role is really with that software. Like, I don't really need to get into your SQL database. I do it because a lot of people just, like, they've been given this role to do the things and they don't understand the back end, you know. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, I really like learning that kind of stuff. And I will dive in and I will go research and I will look stuff up to be like, oh, okay, so... We just need to figure out how to make sure that this backup is actually scheduled and running. And so then I go out and I I search, like, where do I look to see that the SQL database is actually being backed up? And, you know, and then you just kind of poke around. And as long as you don't, A, delete anything, or B, move anything, or C, click save after That's you've done something. It's a lot of things. But, I mean, at, as long as you're very ABN. careful. Poking around is not terrible, you uh, know. Yeah. So, it's I I don't know for I think for a lot of things like that it's very very scary because yes if you mess up you can seriously do damage especially in SQL because the database kind of assumes that you know kind of what you're doing and if you do it wrong you can make some things disappear that should not. Yeah. Exist. However, there are backups. And there's a reason for backups. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're so. there for you to be able to play with. and Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of been my world. Is That that was today. I was I was looking up some of that stuff. Just very basic, like, how do you tell what version you're on? How do you, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, it was, it was interesting just to do a little very surface level SQL training, I guess. Self-training. Whatever. Well, and it's always good to build your own skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm self-improvement exactly continued growth resume I... resume builders exactly and just to kind of round yourself out because there's so many times when like right now like my job right now I'm, I'm working on a software but my software interacts with so many other things like just to be able to be like okay now i comprehend that piece better to be able to explain mm -hmm. to people why this is broken so anyway that's been i i was really interested in all that today so, in your travels, did you discover any interesting tech news or bring us any fun facts? Ooh, you're jumping a question I wasn't anticipating on me here. Uh, or do you just have tech news for today? Well, I it had tech news, but now I'm kind of uh, intrigued, trying to think. <laughs> I don't know. There wasn't... Um, when I was down in Peru, it, it was very... It was kind of like a decompress. Like, I didn't have a lot of tech. It was just more just my phone, and I didn't really see a lot around down there. Um, yeah. I did learn that uh, Google Translate is amazing. Oh. So if you if you put that on, like, your phone, uh, -huh. uh you can download for offline languages. So even if you're Ooh. not, like, connected to a network, you know, you can That's still nice. translate things. The, um... The image to text, like live translation, is getting even better by the day. So you hold up your phone to like a menu or a sign or uh, whatever, and give it a second, and Google will translate it and then put English over the foreign language. It oh. even like moves the letters around so it looks like it was originally in English. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And then, like, you know, it has the ability to do, like, handwriting, which I've never used. But the other one is the conversation, where you can, like, okay. hit English, and then you talk. And then you hit, like, Spanish, and then they talk. And then it just translates as you go. So you can have, like, a full-on conversation with someone. 
just oh, you know, using your phone. And it worked really well? Oh, it's fantastic. That and offline Google Maps. I I don't know where I'd be if Google didn't exist when I traveled. Like I, I can't <laughs> I can't honestly think. Like I, I don't know how people it would have been a lot all... more stressful. Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Like not just translating but like maps, like getting around. Like I I can walk into a city I've never been in in South oh, America yeah. and I can get to where I want to go. That's uh, that's really amazing to think about it from there's that. There's a lot of really cool travel gadgets out there. Yeah. The one thing I did have today, though, that I, okay. <laughs> I had prepared, um, is there's a big uh, thing right now where it's been kind of announced that like millions of people out there are using fake and malicious, or not malicious, um, ill-intended ad blockers. Ill-intended ad blockers so we've we've mentioned it on the show before you know how important it is to have one uh-huh. but it's really important to vet and make sure that you're getting a good one so like even just typing an ad blocker into the google chrome extension store mm-hmm. like there's a lot of ones that you don't want to get like they're they're going to be injecting cookies and and uh you know watching where you go and they're, they're not the best to download um and it's been found that some of the top ones actually are like fake ones. So like so, my uBlock Origin. So uBlock Origin, as far as I know, is okay. But uBlocker okay. is bad. Oh, so they come and, real close. Yeah, and, and just ad block is not good either. Interesting. Yeah. And so they like there's millions of people that are using them, but you know, it's important to kind of just vet whenever you go and install something on your computer. Make sure you look at the publisher, read the reviews, and, um, you know, ask around. See what other tech people recommend. Fascinating. Well, now I'm all, all worried. but Yeah, I was a little worried because when I heard you block here, I was like, I think I have that at home. But no. Oh, yeah. Like, I, so I was just in the Google um, Chrome store researching as or looking the stuff up as you're talking about it and the first thing that popped up is something called ad blocker and it says offered by and then it always gives you the the website that it goes to and i clicked on the website and google itself went or no sorry my asset popped up my my antivirus saying it's a potentially unwanted content has been found. oh my yeah and that was the very first one in chrome web store to pop up and Chrome's been hit with this in the past with like their app store. Yeah, they have. Uh, Microsoft was huge, uh, had a huge problem with it back when they had their app store, and and Apple has had issues here and there as well. Yeah, it's just important, you know. Don't just download anything because it's the first result. You know, put a little bit of thought into it. Google it. Yep, that's scary stuff, right? It's really frustrating when they get into something that's supposed to be like all of the ones that were uh oh gosh, this is probably ten years ago now, even, but like when they first started coming out with the fake antivirus, yeah screens, my dad fell for those all the time, and he would click on them and he'd be like, "Kim, my computer's infected," and I'd be like, "Well, it wasn't, but now it is that huge rash of them." I'm still paranoid by all that. I know. And, like, some of them are really impressive. 
in how realistic they look. Yeah. And I I struggle to figure out how to explain to the not so technically savvy why it's how, bad. Yeah, like it has the same picture. It has the same almost exactly the same logo. It goes to uh something something dot I don't know, virus or dot antivirus or whatever the extensions are now. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to tell you not to do this other than it looks wrong. Like, I don't have proof that this is bad beyond, I just know it is. Yeah, it's always the eternal struggle is we just have uh, kind of a a sense, but other people who might not have grown up and been used to that will have that same sense. it's, It's a... Almost like a, it's not necessarily even that you've grown up in it. It's that you've been around it enough and yeah, that's you a have better common way to sense it. enough yeah. to be able to recognize it. Because some people are on the internet all the time, but they're just looking at like, you know, games Facebook. all the time. like yeah. Or Facebook. And so they're not going to recognize it because a lot of times Facebook ads even are questionable at best sometimes. But oof duh. Well. That makes me sad. <laughs> What is our topic after our kind of chaotic uh, month being away and here and there? And And me bringing on Sam while you were still traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So last time Sam and I talked about credit cards and how they work. And I was going to dive into inventory, um, but I don't know like the store inventory very well so i need to do a bit of research or pull somebody in for that because i'm assuming you also don't know how store inventories work yeah not so much store inventories no more i mean uh, like tech shop inventories right because we have to know where our stuff is And in the, this is one of these little things in technology that you don't necessarily like think of as just a person who's working in an office environment. Like maybe occasionally somebody will come by and like want to see a tag on your computer or, you know, make sure that you have however many monitors or mice or Mm -hmm. whatever else that they're looking for. But they don't, you don't necessarily think about how they know who has what or who where these things are supposed to be located. And there's an entire flipping industry around this. Um, It's called um, IT Asset Management, ITAM for short, which there's so many abbreviations. I'm going to say that's a silly silly abbreviation. (laughs) IT Asset Management, I-T-A-M. I get it. But anyway, um, so... I assume that you guys have an inventory, like, do you guys actually have to, like, go physically look and see that you have the things that you're supposed to have? So, yes and no. Um, the the old company that I came from, we uh, we had a pretty robust one where, you know, we were able to see kind of where things were, and even to a, a more or less updated area of, you know, uh, like meeting rooms and office rooms and cubes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and that's kind of being built out to where i am now as well and it's kind of interesting because it's starting from the ground up so like all the new hardware that i'm doing is i'm i'm slapping on a official sticker that has a number and a barcode you know and then i enter it into where it goes and 
eventually I think that's going to roll out to everything. So yes, yes. And okay. on the back end for asset management people, then then they're able to see a spreadsheet and say, oh, okay, you know, this is, you know, where this is, or this is how many of this we have. Sure. And th- we also have tools that, um, and every company I've worked in has had something like this, where there'll mm-hmm. be like a software or service, which will kind of scan your network. Kind of like how a web ser- uh, web search like Google scans the internet for like websites. Yeah. Uh, it, they'll kind of scan your network and like poke out and prod and say, "Oh, okay, there's this many computers that are connected to the domain to your to your workspace." Mm-hmm. And some of them can even like uh, quite a few monitors actually self-report too. So you can even say like, "Oh, this computer has you know this brand monitor attached to it." Oh, so there's even nice. like yeah, like software pieces that can go out and kind of do a, a dirty rough start to an inventory. Oh, that's really nice. So the basic idea of IT asset management, like what you were just explaining, is to keep track of all your stuff and your inventory of um, software as well. So because a lot of the the things that we spend money on in the technology department. I mean, we spend money on the computers and the the monitors and all of that kind of stuff, but the software and the licensing behind it and um, like companies really don't like it if you're not paying for all of the computers that are using your software. So if you cannot prove, like if Microsoft were to show up to your office and be like, we think that you need to pay for another 200 licenses to this whatever... (sighs) then you have to be able to prove to them that you only have the number of licenses that you're using or or you've paid for the number of licenses that you're using basically um and so it can be a major headache if you don't have a good idea of who has what and where all your stuff is to be able to talk to Microsoft or to whomever maybe giving you a cease and desist notice. And it can even get a little more kind of complicated if you're talking about software like licenses. Exactly. Because someone might have used, you know, um, Adobe Acrobat and then they uh-huh. got a new computer and it never got reinstalled. But that old, you know, license is still technically there. Yes. Or my favorite is when they've had a a software and they got upgraded to a new computer and that old computer got used somewhere else but that license never got taken off and so you are stuck then you've got this license that's being used according to adobe like they would look at that and go you're using this license when the new person who's using that might not actually be using that license it's just that it never got fully cleaned off of the computer and stuff like that where there's a whole industry of asset management to try to help keep all of that stuff under control and so if you're in the it department and you're under the ones that has to keep track of all of this kind of stuff there's a reason there's an industry behind it because you don't want to get slammed with stuff like that and And it's just it's it's important business processes to know what you have Mm -hmm. you know so instead of going out and buying uh you know 10 new Extra. monitors if you already have those sitting in a storeroom somewhere exactly and especially the larger your business gets and the larger you have more things you have spread across different areas it gets more and more difficult to keep track of so when it comes to like the the physical things 
there's some really cool technology to try to keep track of everything. Um, last time Sam and I talked a little bit, very briefly, about um, the RFID tags. Uh, yeah. The radio frequency identification tags. Do you have anything like that in your companies? Um, Where you can just, like, not, walk not, in a room a, not an it... asset, no. No? So there, it's really, really cool because this is more... It's usually more like warehousey kind of places um, where you may have just rows and rows of stuff. But even in some office areas, if there's just a whole lot of things that maybe they're not necessarily connected to something that can report back to a software that's able to keep track of it, like the monitors or whatever, um, yeah. you can use that. You can use these tags then to basically like walk in a room and they'll have a frequency of... or an, a radius of, you know, 10 to 30 feet. I don't know what the maximum length would be. But you can walk in with one of the reader thing-dingers, and it'll tell you exactly everything that's in that room, provided it's all set up correctly. And it's really fascinating oh, technology that way. That would make the job so easy. Yeah. You, you walk in the room, and you look at all the things, and you go, yep, that's what I see in my list. I'm good to go. That's what's supposed to be here. No problem. Especially when it comes to places like... um. Uh, conference rooms like you were saying because there's so many times that like the stuff gets unplugged and thrown in a cabinet or you know it gets moved to the other end of the room yeah. and then you have to like and go dig so like i've gone through um in in various employment here i've i've had the job to go through like a, an entire building and literally get every single piece of it equipment and uh -huh. like note it mm -hmm. and the places that things end up like, you can't just assume, okay, you know, a computer is going to be on a desk, and so we can look around and say, all right, there's three computers in here. Like, I've, I've, I've found, like, computers, like, stashed in the bottom of, like, toilet cabinets, you know? Uh -huh. Or, you know, there's, like, headsets stashed, you know, behind a refrigerator somewhere because it's just out of the way, you know? Because they don't use them anymore, and yeah. they just wanted to get them, uh-huh. They needed the space for something else. Or, you know, uh, you, you have incredibly, you have, like, five iPhones or five iPads suddenly found in some, you know, uh, board game box. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a board game box situation, but yeah. definitely, like, the bottom drawer of somebody's locked cabinet that is only there every Tuesday, you know? Like, yeah, it's just equipment that gets bought and then just forgotten about uh-huh and so in order to keep the budgets and everything under control it's really handy to have things like this um i was going oh and then on the software side of it too like you were saying you can have things that like report back like they they look at everything that's connected to the network and sometimes it can keep track of like mac addresses which a mac address is like a permanent identifier for something that is connected to the internet. So we talked about, like, when we were talking about the internet of things, mm -hmm. like, light bulbs can now have MAC addresses. Yeah. It's just a little bizarre, but... Or microwaves, um, or, yeah. So, yeah, so with things that have MAC addresses, it's easier to keep track of because when, even when it's just doing basic network communication, all of the things will be like, yep, this is my MAC address. Here I am. And it, it makes it a little bit easier. 
to be able to track all of those kind of things. But there's software that can also keep track of, like, okay, so on this MAC address, we mm-hmm. have... And then it can, like, go into the computer. Usually it's because there's something installed on the computer that's able to report back. And it's all within the same... Like, it has to be on the same domain to be able to talk to each other. Uh, so it's normally pretty secure. But this kind of software... If it's sophisticated enough, there's some very basic software that does not do this, but if it's sophisticated enough, it can go go out and go, okay, this computer has all of this software, and it'll report down to, like, uh, you have Java installed or whatever. I, kind of I have that where I am, and it's, it's so incredibly useful as an IT tech to be able to, to look up someone's computer. I mean, you can see how much RAM they have, how much space they're using. Yes. And so, like, from the IT perspective, if you ever have a conversation with, like, your IT person and they have a creepy amount of knowledge, (laughs) like, oh, yeah, I can see that you have used 95% of your hard drive. That's why you can't install the thing that you're trying to install. Yeah. Like, maybe you need to delete some things. My favorite as an IT guy, too, is being able to remote into someone's computer file system before even talking to them. So, you know. Like, they're like, yeah, my hard drive's full. I need some help. You just chat them, and you're like, all right, I took care of it. And you're like, I've been working on, you know, an Excel spreadsheet. You haven't even touched my computer. Magic. <laughs> but I think sometimes people don't, like, they don't even take time to think about how you did that. They're just like, oh, okay, cool. RIT, people are magic, and they can just do things. And right. so then sometimes later when you're like, I can't do that because your computer's not online. And they're like, but, but you never, did the thing without me. It's never stopped you before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and there's all different kinds of software. Um, I personally have only used Spiceworks. Um, and the asset tracking was pain and we ended up yeah. not really using it. I, I um, That was my first introduction to asset tracking Mm, and it it maybe scanned about 70 percent of the system Mm -hmm. and then it just failed for everything else which it was semi-helpful but then you got to that last bit and it was just like no and i mean almost at like 70 percent it's almost like well i mean this is good data but it's useless basically yeah I can't, so, I, I can't go to my, you know, supervisor and be like, all right, we have at least 20 computers. There might be a couple that aren't on here. <laughs> might be another 10. I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting to me to know about the various levels of these kind of things, because a lot of times companies will try to cheap out. And I know Spiceworks was free. You You basically just had to set up your own server and do your mm-hmm. own thing and you could, you know, update or whatever. But it was not easy to maintain. There was always, like, they were always doing updates, and there was always some kind of, like, oh, yep, it's going to be down for a little bit. And then, like, they had uh, pieces of the IT stuff that were Mortis 2 when it was coming to, like, being able to get reports and try to be like, okay, we've had this many people that we helped this time. Because a lot of times, all of this is kind of wrapped together, and the companies that sell the the IT software that does like the ticketing system. So when we joke about emailing us to create a ticket is because every time you talk to it, usually they have to create some kind of documentation that they've talked to you. And that's partially to prove that a, they're doing their job. 
Um, B, um, sometimes it helps to prove, like, this is a continuing issue. We need to look into fixing this. Sometimes it's an issue of um, uh, proving that you have problematic cuss sometimes and being able yeah. to look back and be like, okay, we had to help you out these 12 times, so we have to put special something on your computer to make sure that you can't do X because clearly this is an issue. <laughs> Not that my IT companies have ever done that. But yeah, no, those companies usually, they uh, they bundle all these kind of software pieces together. And asset tracking is uh, more often than not included in that. At least some version of it. Yeah. Um, now, especially when you get into like the higher end RFID, that gets to be pretty expensive because you also have to have like the scanning devices that those themselves like, you know how your phone costs like a thousand dollars anymore? The scanning devices are several thousand if you get a good quality one, and yeah, there's a reason that business businesses um spend a lot on it is even just to keep track of it it, it costs a lot of money because mm -hmm. either you're paying somebody to walk around the building and look for all the things or you're paying for the software that helps them keep track of all the things and um one of the nice things if you have a really good system is that it can help you plan for the future and to be able to budget better so like if you know that you have 20 computers and five of them are out of warranty in the next uh, yeah, year yeah that's true you can help to be like, okay, we're going to budget for five new computers in the next year because these ones are going out. Or, you know, if you know that Windows 10 absolutely has to come out because Windows 7 is no longer being supported as of the end of the year, then you know, like, okay, we have 12 computers on the network that are on Windows 10 mm -hmm. and you know, we need to get the rest of the, the last eight up to speed. And then a lot of times the reason they're not is because there's some kind of software conflict conflict because you're using you know an old printer or an old something that doesn't work well with windows <laughs> 10 and so you have to figure out are you going to set up a print server that can talk to windows 10 as well as the printer or whatever like there's always some kind of weird something that has to be figured out with things like that or tested just testing working around but yeah so that's kind of the idea of asset management in general. And so if you ever find um, that your IT staff is like walking around the building and they look like they're completely lost, chances are good that they're doing some kind of inventory management piece that they're trying to figure out where their things are. Right. <laughs> I, I flicked like that a couple times. Like, why are you in the bathroom? Well, according to this sheet that I had. <laughs> uh, I laugh, but I've legitimately, uh, I've been there. <laughs> why did you shove this monitor under the sink? Well, you see. Where else would you put it? <laughs> we ran out of room and we were moving offices and this was just the closest location to stash it until we needed it again. And then we didn't need it again, and so we just left it there. Forgot about it. <laughs> the stories. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but one thing I did find out in my research for just going over the basics of this, there is an International Association of Information Technology Asset Managers. Hmm. So the IAITAM... <laughs> is a thing that you can go to that started back in like 2002 
And they can do training and certification and industry advocacy and professional networking. Like, it's just really funny to me that there's all these little teeny pieces of IT that have their own thing, like yeah. international. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need to be able to convince your company to send you off to a conference somehow. I'm I'm 90% sure that that's, like... It's good to have, like, comparisons, too, because a lot of times how you know how to improve is you talk to other companies that are doing similar things. And you're like, okay, I need to figure out where my thousands of computers are and how to keep track of them better. So you get together with other people to say, hey, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they they all, you know, go off to the side and then they're like, okay, I do it like this. I do it like this. Let's write software that does those two things together. And then you have new companies. And that's how baby companies are born. (laughs) When one IT asset manager and another IT asset manager like each other's style and feel like writing a program. Yes. Yes, I like it. I like it. (laughs) Uh, Well. So... I'm sure that people are a little bit glazed over at this point because realistically this is not something that most people care about. But I think it's really interesting just to know like some of those back-end things that you don't realize your IT crew is even doing. Mm-hmm. So if you liked what you heard or you want to learn more about the, the other side of the IT um, coin, you can support us on patreon.com slash service desk podcast and get some some good perks like stickers or, you know, just hanging out in our Discord server. And then if you um, don't have that kind of cash, which is perfectly fine, you can give us a little rating and review over on the Apple podcast or anywhere else that you can review a podcast. Podchaser is really fun. That would be much appreciated. You can find us on social media. Uh, we are at Service Desk Podcast on most places. Uh, and if you want to submit a ticket, ask a question. And uh, maybe ask about your inventory. If you would like to submit an asset that you found yes. under the bathroom stalls. Yes. <laughs> for, for IT stock replacement (laughs) just send us the asset tag number and uh where you found it i like it i like it and what it is just in case you know that uh, that tag number has been marked as destroyed because it's been gone for so long (laughs) oh man as always i'm kim i'm andrew and we are your your techie techie friends. friends